Welcome to Triple Threat with Tay. I'm your host, Taylor Phillips. I'm a Jesus lover, wife, author, business owner, and dog mom. My heart behind this podcast is to have conversations that benefit the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. I believe that God has designed us to thrive in every area of our lives, spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Each of these conversations is centered around one of those topics, from spiritual growth to mental health to parenting, running a business, and everything in between. I appreciate you joining me today, and if you enjoy an episode, don't forget to leave a review and share with a friend. If you're interested in monthly support to help keep this podcast going, there's an option for that located at the end of every episode. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Triple Threat with Tay. I'm getting ready to have one of my favorite conversations. I have with me Tierra Diana and T what I'm going to call her. T and I also met at the Light Conference in North Carolina, and I am super excited to talk with her today about sticking with God, even when everybody is saying, girl, you need to do this, or this is what needs to go on. So T, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Like, this is like, this is so cool. Thank you so much. When you extended the um, invite, I was elated. I was like, guess what? Guess where I'm about to be? Guess where I'm going to be on what day and what time? No, it's Eastern time, my time. Um, No, but seriously, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here and let's get into this thing. Yes, my name is Tiara Diana and I am from um, from a super small town by the name of Lumberton, North Carolina, but I was raised here in Charlotte. I have I have one heck of an upbringing. It was loud. It was chaotic. It was stormy. It was all the things. Um, and I truly believe that it helped me become the person that I am today. I am an educator. I'm a teacher, a mentor. And then I use my platform to really share true life stories to help people overcome in areas where they have written off. Yeah. Side note. So if you guys did not catch Tierra's Instagram live a couple weeks ago. I was over there ending the year with her for Speak Up, Speak Out. And that is Tierra's Instagram podcast, is what I'm going to call it. It's an Instagram yes, live TV yes. that she has for Tuesdays. Um, and it's incredible. And I'll have all of those links where you can go follow T uh, to, to catch up on those because it's it's so encouraging and enriching, like she said. But let's dive in because I know this is just going to be a rich conversation. Yes. I love asking, especially when I know I want somebody as a guest on my podcast. I love asking them, like, if you could spend the rest of your life talking about anything, what would it be? And I asked T the same question. And she said, listen, let's talk about staying with God even when everybody thinks it's crazy. And I'm like, you are speaking my song because for the last eight years, I feel like even longer, really. I mean, my husband and I have just made these decisions that people are like, are you crazy? I'm gonna be like, you know, yeah, probably a little bit, but what, what we've learned through that is just obedience to God far outweighs people's opinion. And when you're more willing to just pursue what he has asked you to do at all costs, even when it seems crazy, 
just the level of intimacy and relationship with our father that comes from that and the level of confidence in pursuing him is just so incredible. So T share your story about, you know, why, why is sticking with God a conversation you would have with anybody for as long as they'd allow you to talk? You know what? Because I know what it's like not to stick with him. Um, Mm. When you asked me that question, um, I began to think, and it wasn't, I didn't have like this, like this spooky deep response. It was like, I understood the significance of and importance of sticking with God when mm. God was not even on my radar. Like, um, I think it was, a, it was the opposite for me. I remember what it was like when I just lived life on my own terms mm-hmm. and I had, um, <laughs> the thing, like literally, literally guys, there was this song in like the early 2000s. His name was Project Pat. I think they were from like Memphis, Tennessee. And there was a song called Don't Save Her. The hook literally was like, don't save her. She doesn't want to be saved. And at that time in my life, I wasn't looking to be um, restored. I wasn't looking to experience the gift of salvation. I literally wanted to live my life on my own terms. Little did I know living life on my own terms was blinding. And I was, I exposed myself, whether it was uh, voluntary, involuntarily, to situations that didn't serve me. And I, so when you ask that question, all I think about was like, why is it so important? Because one, I learned what it was like not to stick with him. So mm-hmm. the first thing it made me think about, cause I shared it with you, it was a funny meme and it went, I don't know if it went viral or not, but it was with two celebrities with Gabrielle Union and her husband, Dwayne Wade. And she was just like eating a bag of chips and they showed a picture of her husband. Like, is that your husband? She's like, yeah, that's my husband. Yeah, that's like, yeah. And something to be proud of, right? And then when they kept showing him in, in a not so appealing light, she was like, oh, yeah, like biting her teeth, clenching her teeth. But she was like, yeah, that's my husband. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stick with him. And I, I laughed about it. But I was like, how many times we get in life, we have moments in life where we are, where we can, we're honored and we're, we're boastful of God. Like, God restored this. He redeemed this. He promoted me here. He came through in the valley season. It was an answer prayer. But then do we have that same, are we singing that same song when God is like, close the door on that thing or tell them no, even if your flesh already went before me and said uh, yes. And you're like, I'm going to look silly or I'm going to look crazy or I'm going to look embarrassed. And I got to the point and was like, if I'm going to be used by anyone, I'd rather be used by God. Right. If I'm going to look crazy for anyone, I'd rather look crazy for God. If I'm going to be embarrassed, at least I knew I did it for the glory of God. Because if I do it for people, like people are, like people fail you. Mm-hmm. Um, those relationships are temporal and fleeting. And they, they don't, they don't have a heaven to put me in. Like there's, there's no gift that they can give me that my savior can. And so when I stopped giving people that much power over me in my mental space, I was like, wow, like I have been robbing myself, literally robbing myself of what it's like to literally abide in him, like to give it to him. It's so important to stick with God because God's like literally sticks closer than a friend. Like God is so close when even even when you don't feel like he's there, like he's never absent, even meaning that he's silent, he's never absent. And I think sometimes we uh, put too much um, weight on flesh relationships. Nothing wrong with that because God sends people to bless us. But when mm-hmm. we put them on pedestals that they don't deserve to be in in our lives, that's when it becomes, that's when I think it becomes really scary at that point. Right. I totally agree with what you're saying there. And, you know, we, because we're, we're designed from a 
from the very beginning within us were designed for this intimate relationship with our creator. And oftentimes we seek that out in other people and we just don't realize the misplacement. Yes. And it's just this, we're constantly in a search for the next thing that's going to fill us. And if people aren't going to do it, we're going to seek out situations. We're going to seek out what we do. We're going to seek out the next thing of like, okay, maybe this is what's going to fill me. Maybe this is what's going to fill me. When we come to that realization that we've allowed people and things and situations to fill those voids. And when we start stepping out into really what I truly believe is, is diving in headfirst into an intimate relationship with the Lord and pursuing him at all costs, being obedient to him. You know, I just think of, of love compelling us to obedience, Uh, you know, his perfect love casts out fear in our lives, which, which, you know, is generally the fear of pursuing him, the, the fear of what are people going to think? And when our focus is, I'm just going to go hard after God, no matter what that looks like, you know, his love for us compels us to obedience. And so what was the defining point for you? Was there a situation that kind of changed where it was like, I'm going to stick with God. I know you said that it, it was, you noticed the importance of sticking with God, even before God was really on your radar, but was there a defining moment for you where you were like, I'm sticking with God and he's on my radar kind of thing? Absolutely. As mentioned in the very beginning, I just, I grew up in an environment that consisted of, um, it was drugs, it was domestic violence. Um, I was sexually abused and for years and um, I suppressed, I suppressed so much. I, when you know that uh, figure of speech, you just throw it under the rug, literally. Right. If it was, like if it was tangible, you would not be able to walk. You'll be in here because it was so many things thrown under the rug. And I took my healed, uh, my unhealed self before a six foot one man and said, I do. And your marriage, I truly believe, is your mirror. And um, my marriage began to bring out all the unhealed parts of me, the ugly parts of me that I wasn't ready to deal with. And I was like, whoa. And I, out of that place, I was very controlling or because in so many areas I was taken advantage of, I vowed to never be taken advantage of over ever again. So I'm going to speak my mind and I'm not going to think before I speak. Like, you're going to hear, like, hear me roar. <laughs> woman hear me roar and I didn't know that it wasn't serving me my marriage and so my marriage didn't make it and there was just and and it's easy to blame the other person when the skills have not been removed oh my goodness it was if only you would have listened to me but it was my marriage my marriage didn't make it and I literally had um cried out to God I cried out I remember I did all the church and I didn't even realize at that time I was like as I was like, I, to be honest, like I, I was trying to like show God, like, I really want this now. I re- I'm doing the work. I'm going to, I want this. I really want this. And it wasn't turning around in my favor. And I was like, don't you like see me crying? Have you guys like ever been in a place where you're like, Lord, like, don't you see me crying? Did you not see me like push back my plate? Like I'm spending like stolen lunches over here. I'm stealing away time from eating to, to be with you. And then I didn't even realize then it was like a form of manipulation. Mm. I was like, I am trying to manipulate God to bend and fold to, to my true desires. And that let me know that I still, like, I wasn't getting it. 
And now I do know it takes two hands to clap and it takes two feet to dance. So I won't hold full responsibility for, you know, why my marriage didn't work. There were other internal issues that he was dealing with. And then I had my own internal things. And then we brought our own issues to the table. And we was like, yeah, we're going to do this thing. It was like, yeah, what what is doing this thing looks like? And I think that we continue, we begin to look at marriage through the lenses of social media or our other friends that have successful marriages or, oh, well, he did that and this makes them good. Like it wasn't organic, it, didn't, it wasn't fully organic. But my divorce, honestly, my divorce was a huge wake up call for me because especially for someone that suppressed everything and wanted to everything to appear amazing. Be, growing up, you didn't want anyone to know like, you were getting touched when you come in your home. Growing up, you didn't want people to know that you were exposed to, to drugs or violence. You didn't want to know people to know that. So just having that mentality going up and everything has to appear a certain way. Um, I signed up for this. I'm the leader of this club. Surely you want me to be on your team. And then to take all of that into your marriage and you're like, no, this thing is not looking good. And he's not going to try to cover up when he's not happy. I'm like, I don't know. On this happy face, we're going to dinner. So in two hours, we can we can hash this. We can duke it out in the car. But right now, just smile. And he, his face was not showing he was happy. And I was like, be happy for these people. But I realized, like, the more and more I tried to cover it up and make it look pretty, the more ugly it became. And I didn't realize how ugly my heart was. And so my my divorce, it brought, it was like Pandora's box. It brought out everything. It brought out everything. And I was like, you know what? I got to work on me. I can no longer point the fingers. I am responsible for my healing. I'm responsible for, to presenting the best version of myself. If I say I love God, and if I say I love people, I truly want to know what, what does that really look like? Because I have never really experienced the better version of Tierra. Like, I don't know what that is. And it's crazy. You're with yourself so long, but to be hiding for so long and suppressing and lying about who you really are. You're like, you don't really know who you are. So important. And at that time, I didn't know who I really was, but I was, I truly believe my marriage was outing me to get to the bottom of who I really was for, for me, but also in who I was in Christ. And I was like, whoa. And that is one heck of a season to go through with God. You know, when you really start having that, conversation between yourself and God of who am I really? Like, I don't even know who I am because for so long I've been put on this mask, this mask of perfection, this mask that everything is okay. And now we kind of go, I, you know, and I say this is an identity crisis because I've been through this myself and it really is rooted in identity. But when that mask starts to come off and, and, uh, you know, I think, I think we, as people think that people are seeing a whole lot more of us than they really are, but what's happening is, is more of who we are is being to reveal is re- being revealed to ourselves. I don't know if that makes, yes. makes nope, sense. That but makes so much sense to me. Yeah. And when you start really just peeling back those layers of, okay, so this is a mask, this is a mask. As you know, the enemy loves to come in and do what he does and shoot the fiery darts of condemnation. So what did it look like sticking with God in the midst of those condemning thoughts coming? Because I mean, we all deal with things like that. I mean, he's, 
he got, or the enemy does not want God's best for us. And so he's going to attempt to get us to believe those lies of, oh, you're not really healed or, you know, cover this up a little bit more. So what was that process for you like sticking with God, even through the lies that you were hearing? Wow. That is so good. Um, you're right. The enemy does come for our identity. Like he attacks our identity. You are this, or you are not that, or whatever those things that you already felt that you struggled with, he uses those against you. I truly believe um, that the Lord puts wise counsel in place for a reason. I'm glad <laughs> I went to, th- honestly, I signed up for therapy as, as a married woman, selfishly show him the era of his ways show him him little did i know i was going to be exposing me it knows like no t you're going to be showing you once we realized like hey he stepped away he's like i'm not going back and i was like okay and for the first time walking into those doors without him coming with me i didn't care anymore about what it looked like because at this point i was like I'm at the bottom of the barrel now. And this is the best place, honestly, the Lord can either get my attention at. Because any other place, I you, I was, I wasn't hearing you. I was drowned out by so many lies. I was drowned out by so many other things. So now it's like, all right, look, this is who I am. I'm not coming in here with this big smile. I'm not just shooting out compliments for the sake of this is where I'm at. I walked in here by myself. And so while I was in therapy, um, I was listening to uh, the therapist literally uh, recite things back to me of what I hear you say is, or recant things. I was like, oh, wow, wow. And he was like, it doesn't make it right, but I can understand why you responded that way. That's justifiable. I get it. it. It's not right. And I was like, if he began to help me understand that, I was like, wait, I don't even like that. Imagine someone trying to do life with me and doesn't like that. And that's what they're trying to say. And I'm like, oh, I owe someone an apology or like, so you begin to, you literally, like, it's literally like these scales are being removed off of your, but it takes time because there's some things about yourself you are not going to want to hear. And the reason why I I thought it was so important, or I know it's so important to stick with God in this is because God does want the best for you. Even if that means I'm going to have to get the ugly parts out of you first, even if it means I'm going to have to prune, cut, even if that means you're going to be crying in the middle of the night, even if that means that you're going to have to forgo seasons like I can't hang out with you. I can't do anything right now because this is a me season. It's just me and God type of thing. And and it was it was scary, but it was also it was scary. It was scary. It's like I have never been in this place in my life before. And it was so important that I say, you know, I'm going to have to cling to the cross on this. Even on days I don't even want to walk into this therapy session. Like I remember days looking at my my phone and like, I'm just ready for this to be over because I am tired of being told about myself. I'm tired of me being, I'm tired of hearing me back to me. I'm like, all right, is this, are we roasting me today? And it, he was doing everything in love. But when you feel, when you have never been put in a place where you're literally, I felt like I was on a chopping block, but I wasn't. It was literally the Lord um, exposing me to me. And I had never been exposed that way. Who wants to be outed? Like, who? Nobody. Right. And so I was like, all right. We leave. Like, days I walked out, like, literally, like, side-eyeing the guy. Like, all right. And I know you're being used by the Lord. Because there are certain things that only the Holy Spirit would allow. It was a faith-based organization. So I really believe, like, the Holy Spirit was like, telling him all my business, using his wisdom, putting it all together. And he's like, just calling me out. And I'm like, 
I don't like this. But because I because I decide to say, you know what, Lord, I don't like this. But if, if this is what it's going to take, then let's just do this together because I know what it's like to do things on my own terms, out of my flesh, and it hurts others. It like it cripples the relationships, it creates discord, and all of those things are not of you. And if I say that I want this, but I'm doing all the things that's not of you, then you know, light and darkness can't can't coincide, like it can't co- coexist. And it's like, I really want to look like you. And I can't say that loud and boldly and profess that when I when on a Sunday or Wednesday after Bible study, but then every other day of the week, I'm living out of my own flesh. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to have to do this with you. But give me, I pray, give me the grace to do this with you. Convict my heart, but please be gentle because I, I don't like some of these days. And I got so honest. I said, I'm going to invite you in this place. But I'm going to need you to work with your with your daughter now, because this place, this place is sensitive. I was a wreck. And, yo, it is like in this place right here that I'm inviting you in. And so I don't think I ever had a friend go through therapy. I think I was one of the first out of my friends. And so they were they just didn't get why I responded sometimes the way I did, because my marriage wasn't. Oh, we separated divorce just like that. It was like a season of separation. And so in that time, are you, I heard, you know, I heard them say, well, why aren't you doing this? And why didn't you do this? Or this would have frustrated me. And I'm like, that, that is frustrating. But if I respond that way, then what? Right. Like, what, what do I really, what, if you, if you have to ask yourself, what do you want the outcome to be? Because if you go in things with malicious intent or um, any level of malice, and then you're not going to get the best outcome. If I don't come in here the right way, then why do I expect something to end the right way? It, and I was like, you know what? I get it. It makes sense. I'm to be very transparent. My husband and I were separated, but then we just, he just completely stopped answering the phone for me. And I was, and all of my friends, they love me. Why is he not answering? Why is he not responding? And, you know, they, they, they you know, definitely use a few choice words, colorful, a little bit, a little vibrant to tell me how they felt. Or, you know, your friends get the neck rolling. I would have done or I should have. And then I was like, you know, what? it's also important who I have in my corner because I'm not saying that I'm not upset. I can't tell you that I didn't scream in my car this week. I, I didn't tell you that when I, I, you know, I rolled my eyes at someone. I can't tell you that. However, I knew that that it was so imperative that I had I had people that was believing for my marriage with me. So some of those other relationships, we can still do life together, but I'm going to be limited on what I share. We can do life together, but I'm not going to spend as much time as you as I would. And so it was important for me to have um, this dope sick sisters in Christ. I have one, her name is Zanika. I have a few, but Zanika is a gem to me. And I remember one day she sat in the car with me and she was like, I don't know what to say. And I'm not going to pretend I do. She said, but just know how much I love you and I'm going to be praying for you and covering you. And if it's just me, you wanting to get up and get something to eat or grab ice cream, let's just do that. And it wasn't like she was coming with a solution, but she was just letting me know I'm here. And she had no idea that meant so much to me because that's all I needed in that moment because I had family members. Girl, are you telling me? And I was like, I, I can't hear any more of that. I see what you see. I'm, I'm, I'm living it though. I'm in the thick of it. And so just to literally begin to like change who you allow in that space and who you choose to share that with, that's so important because 
whether we got back together or not, I needed to have people to, I needed to know who was really for my marriage because it's easy to begin to name call and to point fingers. Easy to do that. Yeah, it's so easy to do that. But then I was like, what if, what if we did work? What You've really said a lot of ugly things. And I was like, wow. So it, that showed me so much about one, it showed me so much about myself. It showed me so much about to allow in those spaces. And it showed me a lot about the God that I serve. And so I was like, wow, like, God, you are really, you're a good father. Like, you are good. Like, I know Corey Asbury said you're a good father, but like, no, you really are. Like, I sing it from a different place now. The reason I had to do what I wanted to do. Um, entertain someone else. If I, if I, I'm, you know what, you know, I'm going to entertain someone else or I'm going to splurge and start going on trips or I'm going to begin to live recklessly to make me feel good temporarily. But then what? Then I get back home. Then I'm back, you know, then I, I'm walk, now I'm home back from my trip or I, I, you know, had I went on a date and I'm back home and I'm still with myself. The situation has yet to change and I'm still here. And I was like, no more temporary solutions. No more. That was right. so long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and just thinking about temporary solutions, I mean, kind of backtracking a little bit, you know, you saying that about who you had in your corner and who you had believing for your marriage with you, regardless how it turned out. I mean, that is really a huge way to combat condemnation from the enemy is having people in your corner who believe that what God is doing in you is far greater than the situation and the things that are happening to you, because you need those reminders of, listen, I don't, I don't know what's going on here, but you know, just know that I love you, that I'm praying for you because in my opinion, you know, I, I mean, knowing God's word, yes, knowing what his word says, getting to know who he is personally and having that relationship with him. The people who influence you drastically determine how you're going to walk through battles. I, I truly yes. believe that because, yes. you know, when you have somebody believing for you, you know, maybe, maybe like Moses and Aaron um, or yeah, Moses having his arms held up of just having two people who were like, you know what, I know you can't hold your arms up, but I'm going to hold them up for you because yeah, I believe yeah, in the victory yeah. of this battle. Yeah, and, yeah. and when you have that in your corner, when those lies from the enemy come of like, oh, you're just being crazy. Like you're believing God for this promise. Like, are you kidding me? Have you seen what's going on? Or did you see right. what have they're you doing? Seen those giants before you? Right. Exactly. You know, when you have people standing with you who are in your corner, it makes such a difference to be able to, to combat those lies from the enemy and having those people in your corner are just it's imperative to being able to pursue whatever it is God has asked you to pursue whether that's believing for the impossible of you know man I'm I, I, believing for a baby but everything in the natural says this isn't going to happen I'm believing for my marriage but everything in the natural says this isn't going to happen I'm believing for God to break through in this area but everything in the natural says that this isn't going to happen, you know, and we have those people in our corner to help us walk through and say, you know what, it sucks right now. I'm sorry that it's terrible. I'm sorry that it's hard. You know, and I love that scripture about iron sharpens iron. Um, yes. as one, you know, because yes. iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And I truly believe who you have in your corner can really help you in the healing process of, you know, of just, I've, I've shared extensively 
you know, on social media of just this process of writing my second book in identity and going through the identity crisis. I have like a very small amount of people in my corner that I can be blatantly honest with, but it's just that process of healing that ebb and flow of going through things. So what were some practical steps for you that you took in those moments of God, I don't know that I can keep what, whether that's like, okay, God, I don't know that I can keep believing for my marriage. And at what point in time did you, did you just realize like, okay, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. I, you know what? I literally, cause life looked completely contrary to what I was praying for, fasting for after I got honest about me trying to use manipulation to do it. And it, it got real. Then it got honest. It was like, you know what, Lord, this is what I want. However, if I said that, I began to just literally just um, declare. I was like, you know what? I declare that um, I begin to decree and declare over my life, right? But then I had just I stopped for a moment. I was like, you know what? Let me just talk with you, because you ever got to a place where you're like, I decree and declare an authority that you granted me, and like your right hand is raised, or right hand of authority. And then I just literally mid prayer, I stopped and I said, you know, Lord, let me just let's just get really real. I want your will for my life. But if that means your will for my life means a closed door to this, then show me how, like, you're going to have to grace me like crazy in this season. Like, it's going to be like grace that that is unfathomable. Like, you're going to have to literally help me put my right foot before the left because I don't know how I'm going to get through this because I truly believe that he was sent by you. So in the event, granted, things can happen and make people go astray. And so I walk away, like I witnessed my husband literally walk away from his relationship with God for someone that served in church. And I was under his, like under his leadership in church to someone that no longer wanted to pray, that stopped going to church altogether. We had a bonus son together, my bonus son, his biological son that didn't advocate for him going if it was just with me and he stayed at home. And I was like, this is like, what's going on? Um, that no longer wanted to be in the same room as I prayed for our family, even if he wasn't strong enough to do that. And so I was like, oh, apart from you, like show, I asked him, like, show me what apart from you looks like. And then he would begin to bring up my life. And I was like, oh yeah, that's reckless. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't wise. Like, or like, or I witnessed just things like, this is what living apart from you looks like. So then I, so I would recommend, honestly, like just being so honest with God and just being like, look, this is what I really want. And you know that. But if I want but if I truly want what you want for me, help my heart in that area. And so then I begin to like find scriptures to cling to. And I remember that first day. I love how I have super awesome friends and like at the drop of a dime, they can just drop a scripture. I'm like, Lord, bring that thing back to my remembrance. And so literally that was my prayer. Like just bring things back to my remembrance or highlight something for me if I'm reading, like make, make it put so much emphasis on it that I can rest in that. And I remember it was uh, Romans 8.18 and about considering it, um, considering my present suffering are not compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. And I looked up glory and then I start reading on glory and I start looking up sermons on glory. And I was like, wait, my present suffering. So I wrote down all the things that I consider to be my present suffering, whether I was uh, losing out on opportunities because I was such in a place where I couldn't say yes to this because I mentally wasn't there or 
my my marriage was like literally it wasn't looking like we were going to sever this thing like bring this thing back together excuse me and so I was like I put all my present sufferings or I'm just not in the best place I brought all those things like but none of this 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 and this can compare to the glory um that will be revealed in us and I was like like this doesn't compare to that. You're telling me it doesn't even hold weight to the glory that I'm going to be able to, that that's going to be revealed. Like it's not. And I was like, what? And so I literally use that as like my template to say like, take all of those things as a reminder. Like all of those things that you think are so heavy, so weighty, um, that are detestable, that are pride filled. All of those things, and then see what the, the Lord said. Like all of these things that you consider suffering or like intolerable and I am at my wit's end, it's not, it doesn't even compare to the glory. And I was like, oh, or how I read, I think it was Hebrews 13, four or five, um, about like, he would never leave me or forsake me. And I was like, you're not going to leave me in the thick of this. Like maybe Z won't be able to answer the phone. She didn't leave me. She's just not available. She has life. She's a mother. She serves. Um, but, you know, someone may not answer the phone. Someone may not be available. But you said that I have I have literally 24 seven access to you at all times. And I just wanted to know. And I think he was showing me, like, even in those times, like, it's me for you. It's really right. me for you. And I was like, what? So I practical things, I would say, literally was to find scriptures that resonate, that would speak to your heart. Um, so, of course, hang, hang out or surround yourself with people that you can be the most authentic, raw and real with, but are believing for you. But literally saying, like, it's God's will. It's God's will. I'm here in your corner with you. God's will. I don't have I'm not coming with a solution. I'm coming here as a supportive sister, as a supportive friend. So and it's so like, significant, like to have the right people in your corner. It's so rich to literally have the word of God. And then if you don't know, like, just be honest about it. Like, have those honest conversations. There's nothing wrong with praying. And I truly believe sometimes those, like, those prayers, they have, like, so much weight on them. But then I also just want to hear from us and just have a beautiful conversation. Like, those conversations are your forms of prayers as well. And just say, Lord, this place, I hate it. I don't like the person on it. I don't like it this way. And so I was like, could, could you grace me or just show me what it's like? To even if it's going to be hard, I'd rather it be hard with you, but just show me. And every day, show me something I can get out of this. And I journaled a whole lot. I remember seeing like the dried up marks or like the, the uh, ink was bleeding from when I was crying when I brought that thing. And then also just if, you know, and you're in a position to say, hey, therapy, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Like I, I have to put myself in this place. Um, I have to present myself um, before the Lord, but then the Lord's like, why don't we do therapy? And and even though I had the wrong intentions initially, I thought it was just for us. Yeah, show him him, show him him. It was really for me as well. And it became so much about me. I was like, I may leave this week crying, but I'm going anyway. I may leave with an attitude, but I'm going anyway because he began to show me so much reveal, like the ugly parts of me. But I was like, why are you, why are you being ugly? Or why? That makes sense. I get it. I get it. It was just beautiful. So I love that. I love that. I loved what you were saying of just, you know, because as you were, as you were just sharing that something that, you know, just kept coming up to my mind was wrestling with God from honesty. 
And I, I yes. feel like we have this negative view of wrestling with God because we think wrestling with God means, oh, I'm wrestling because I don't know if I believe in him kind of thing. And it's like, no, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm You're wrestling from with, a place of doubt, right? No, it's coming from a place of God. This is hard. I actually really hate this situation. Um, I'm kind of mad at you a little bit because I'm still here. I'm stuck in this. But, you know, when, when we're re when we're willing to be real with our feelings and honest with God, it, it cuts back on the religious mindset. I truly believe that it does because it's this, it's this authentic relationship with the Lord that says, you know what, this is hard. This sucks right now, but I still know that you're good. I still know that you love me. Um, I know that this is going to be a hard season going to therapy and literally having myself laid bare before me. But you know what? I know because of who you've been in my life and what you've done in my life up to this point, even though, even though it sucked a little bit, I know that like that scripture says, you're not going anywhere. I know that I'm made in your image and you're not doing this to condemn me. You're doing this because you have something better for me on the other side of this. And it's this level of preparation. A lot of times, you know, on the other end of whatever it is we we want, whether that's like, Lord, I just want my marriage to survive, or I want this kid, or I want to really pursue this calling, or or we need financial breakthrough, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's the end result of something that we want. But there's always, always, always this preparation process that we have to go through. And I believe it's a twofold process. One, we have to have our hearts prepared. You know, are we seeking the hand of God more than the face of God? And I understand even reaching that point where you're like, Lord, I just need your hand because obviously seeking your face is taken forever. You know, like just being honest, like give me something to hold to it, but even if it's temporary, give me a moment. Yeah, exactly. You know, but in that same thing is, is God is a generational God. God is not a God who just thinks, you know, from line to line to line. I mean, he is so future minded that he thinks about the people that we're going to be impacting through this. He thinks about the people that are going to be coming across our path and the, the people that are going to be speaking into our lives and, and vice versa. And so not only is he preparing us for that end result, not only is he preparing us to either take possession of that land or you know, go to a new land to possess, but he's also preparing the people on the other end of that, of maybe there's somebody on, on this side. And I know you've helped numerous people after, you know, your marriage not working, but maybe there's somebody on the other end that needs your testimony, that needs the hope that you carry, that needs the life that you can give them because they've had so many people speaking into their lives saying, you know what, you're crazy. This doesn't make sense. You need to go do this. Or when you share a dream from the Lord that said, you know, that's like, I just, I believe this, this is what God is wanting to do in my life. And they say, oh, well, in order to do that, you have to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, I'm not looking for natural minded solutions to a move of God. Yes. That's just something that that kept coming up in my mind, you know, and and thinking about that end result. And so as, as we close, if there's somebody who's just really, really struggling, you know, maybe, maybe they're staring at the same situation that, that you were, um, maybe that, maybe it's something different. Maybe they're, they want to dig deep and just 
stick with God, even when it's hard, uh, but everything is coming against them saying like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, take it into your own hands and do it. Uh, maybe they're experiencing setbacks from situations or friends around them. What would you say to them? When the evidence points in the other direction, you're like, I know this to be true, but the evidence is showing something else. I truly believe is what you choose to believe as well. What are you choosing to believe about God in this situation, even if it doesn't look, even if it's not working in your favor? Um, you're absolutely right. I, because I'm so open about it, I, this was a journey. I, I didn't, I wasn't literally speaking about it immediately, but as after maybe like that first, towards the first, towards the end of that first year of therapy, I began to be a little more open and I didn't know people that I at old churches would reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, like I'm in the same place you're in and I'm living with a family member or I got my own apartment. Um, it was a annual Christmas drive that I'm a part of and a girl walked up and just grabbed me and it like stunned me. I was like, what in the world's going on? We were in the middle of like passing out gifts, checking things off rosters and she grabbed me. She was like, thank you so much. And I was like, what she was like, thank you for just sharing your story. I was so humiliated. My husband walked away and it's not looking promising. And I really want my marriage and so forth. And she was like, thank like you are encouraging me to literally stand for my marriage. And so, and I'm like, she has no idea that like just yesterday, I probably just pouted. Like I was just had a whole fit, but didn't, and just was like being honest in my emotions. But I was like, wow, Lord, like, you're allowing my my grief that I'm experiencing to be able to be, I guess, a blessing to someone else. And I was like, it's it's interesting how God can literally use the very thing that causes some of us the most grief to fulfill his purpose for our lives and for the kingdom. Because everything, honestly, is we should be more kingdom minded. Like, I know it's happening to you, but everything is not about us. And I know sometimes that can be so hard for us to wrap our minds around, like, this is happening to me. Like, this is, this came with the neck roll and the eye roll. Like, are you kidding me? This is, ha but like, I, I promise you, I get it. I was in that season with you. I remember when I didn't even want to take a shower. Gross. I know. I remember I didn't want to get my hair done. I didn't want to get to go to work. I remember literally getting in my car and I was like, okay, if you could just make it to your car, just get to the car, get out, get dressed, get to the car. Do you know I did that for three days, Taylor? I got to the car. And I went back upstairs. Then I got to my car, drove to my job, and then I still went back home. I remember, like, Lord, I, if I could just get to the car, get to my job, and stay there, stay there, <laughs> stay. No, seriously though, if when you're in this place, I I, I think we have to keep in um in the forefront of my mind, like this is all for a purpose. It this is meant to change our lives, and it's for God's kingdom, and this will not last forever like choice comes seriously joy does come in the morning like joy comes in the morning and I'm not saying it's going to come that morning you may wake up but that little piece of joy could have been a compliment from someone it could have been a phone call it could have been a text prayer like that and the whole tight to those moments I think sometimes you look for something big and even if it's not for me in that moment the big thing could have been my husband calling me I'm like hey let's want to meet for lunch no, my big thing, I started to look at my small things as big things is, all right, you know what? I got dressed for work and I delivered a great lesson. And my student was like, Miss Crisper, we had a great time in class today. That was fun. And that was joy for me. 
my joy came in the moment through my through being in my mission field at work. It came for me when someone spoke something encouraging word in my inbox, something I said earlier that week. It could have been someone paying for my, I remember literally someone had paid for my meal um, at Chick-fil-A and I was ready, handing my card. He was like, oh, they got you. And I was like, wow. So is is how we choose to look at certain situations. I know that the very thing that you want, if you don't get the very thing that you want in that moment, or if it doesn't come within the time frame, because you know, we always put an expiration date on something. Please choose to still, please still consider joy, like in those moments. Look at those, ask God, like, allow me to even like hone in on those small miracles. It's the small things like, oh my God, I just laughed today. Oh, oh my God, I'm eating an ice cream and I'm like, I'm just enjoying this. Or I'm walking and I'm breathing in like, and I'm like, it's beautiful out here. The birds are chirping. And it, it made me think about that scripture, um, and I used to always like paraphrase this for my little sister. And I was like, the birds don't go to work. They don't clock in, but the Lord provides for them. Like, how would he not provide for us? Like, we're clothing. Right. How would he not? And so I think sometimes we expect it to look a certain way. So give yourself permission to allow it to be whatever God allows it to be. And then take joy in that. I'm, I smile today. I put on a nice, really cute dress today. I got my hair done. Someone gave me a compliment. Someone sold into me by buying me something to eat, but it doesn't last forever. Pay attention to what you choose to believe. And during those times when you're literally in the most vulnerable place, that is like one of the best places God will like can work because there you, you hear better. You can hear better there because you're like, there's nothing that you can hear so much better. There are no more distractions. It's just you and God. It creates Sometimes it, it literally takes that desperate, like, Lord, I'm so desperate. And now I'm just so dependent. And now I'm literally just relying only on you. And you watch your faith literally stack, stack. You're like, look, look at me just growing in God. Look at me just allowing God to use my story. Look at me now sharing this thing. Look at me now on Taylor's podcast, Triple t- Threat with Tay. Look at me. And you have no idea that that day is going to come. But you know that when it does come, you're like, Lord, I'm glad that when I went through it, I didn't moan. I didn't just groan and complain. I did the work and I allowed you in this place and I stuck with you because who's to say like, had I not, how, like, how much further would I have delayed what God had for me? I could have delayed. Yes. The joy Yes. Oh gosh, it was just so good. I just feel so good because I just I just know what I've been through and it just ooh, things makes me feel good on the inside. You know, even in the midst of it, it's like no matter how tempting it is to want to give up, to want to try it a different way. Um, I like to I I I I'm a little timid when I say it because I'm like, are people gonna understand what I'm saying? But it's a little bit of dumb faith. Too yeah. silly or too stupid to try anything different because you just know yeah. like listen, it doesn't make sense to me any more than it makes sense to you, but I got to keep doing this because I can't explain the peace that's there. Even in the moments where I'm in a ball on the floor, bawling my eyes out, feeling so worthless and junky, like there's just something about being before him in those hard moments, walking through life with him. And so that is, I mean, just daring to believe what God says. It takes so much faith. It takes more faith to stick with God. It takes so much more faith 
to say, I'm going to do this thing with you, even though this may not turn around, then it doesn't say, I quit. I give up. I'm living life on my own terms. Like it takes so much more faith to do that. Quitting is easy. Like, I think that sometimes we just get a bad rap. Like these just soft Christians. Oh God, no, we are blood brought. Like we are Christ bearers. Like, are you kidding me? We know what it's like. Like we know what it's like to intercede for others. And then sometimes they have to do it for us in our, in our seasons. And I think sometimes like people just don't get that being a follower of Christ, like saying yes to him, like it does come like the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Like we're not negate, like we're not a uh, problem proof. Like we're not exempt from go- doing that, but it's like, when you're going to go through it, I'm going to go through it with you. Like I thought about the three Hebrew boys, like, yeah, you were in this fiery furnace, but you came out unscathed, like not touch, unburned. like wait a second. And then it goes to show others are like, wait a second. She didn't do that thing by herself. Wait a second. I've watched her heal. How can she still believe in love and still believe God for her future? How can they still do that? I want to know more about her, God. She still believes in love. She still roots for others that are getting engaged. There's some of the same things she wants. She is literally getting front row seat tickets. And like, sign me up, girl. I'm clapping for you, praying with you, setting up the flowers, ordering. What are we doing next? And they're like, how? It's like, and it only, you can only point like, or look to the hills. So which come my help? Like I can only, like some things honestly are just God and I can't make sense of this for you. But I will say, you just try them out. Just try them out. Absolutely. That is so good. So good. T, where can people connect with you? What's up folks? Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have an Instagram. It's Tierra Diana, um, T-I-E-R-R-A, Diana, D-I-O-N-N-A. And that is my main page. Um, you stated earlier, I do go live on Tuesdays. We'll pick back up in February. And I just, I just love you guys. I have a website, tierradiana.com. I I don't have all those bells and whistles that come with me. It's just Tierra Diana. Um, <laughs> that's my Instagram. That's my website. And if, you know, there's anyone that has a story that mirrors mine or this has a story and so anything that I said that resonated with you, um, I would love to touch and agree with you, whether we're praying about that thing together or just wanted to encourage you because everyone has their seasons. Everyone has their seasons. Someone could be in the mountaintops and someone's could be in the valley. And I truly believe that um, the platforms like um, Taylor's Triple Threat with Tate are so needed. So thank you so much. I'm honored. I'm excited. And I'm just excited for what the Lord is going to continue to do through you and your um in your platform. I'm excited. Thank you so, so, so much. It was so good getting to talk with you and just feel so refreshed to just, you know, continue to stick with God, even even when circumstances or people say otherwise. <laughs>